Live from the Pathway Studios in Johnston proper, you are Live from the Path. Pathway Studios here in Johnson proper. It's lovely to be with you uh, on this, uh, whatever, it's nice to be with you. Here's what we're going to do. Uh, let's get right in on this thing, the stuff we're going to cover this week. Uh, deconstruction seems to be haunting Mike. He's got a deconstruction topic, I feel like, like every week, every other week. No, Why I, is this thing hanging on you? Because it's, it's nebulous, right? Yeah, and yeah, and yeah. like it's a, it's a bunch of folks that like are, seem to be struggling with their faith. Right and like and either giving up on it or questioning it and like um, I I struggle with the reaction that like um, that we don't like questions even really hard questions yeah 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 right you know and but then on the other hand like they tend to do it in like a super public look at me kind of way which turns me off anyway you know and so then I I don't know quite what to make of it like it's usually more how high profile people. And then they turn it into a, a, a little mini throne of theirs, and then that bothers me. But then again, like I've heard people struggling with their faith, people that I, I I know and love, right? And like they're they're asking almost the same questions. They're just not doing it in such a self glorifying type of way. And so anyway, I I just it just bothers me when like people start talking about uh, deconstruction and and like I I don't like the terminology for one and two. Um, I I I don't like the instant horrible reaction. I think. That usually comes out, but then again, I don't like the self glorification that comes from the folks that are generally doing it. And so, yeah, yeah, I, yeah. I don't know. I, it was just something I was thinking about, especially after we were going through this list. Yep. You know, and I'm like, I, I don't know. Okay, so we're going to touch back on it uh, on a thought that you had this week related to deconstruction. Um, first, we're going to finish off our list. So we got uh, halfway through the list of uh, th- these. This was a list from uh, Jim Palmer, who said he was a pastor at the largest church in North America, and he said he had made 25 mistakes. And so last week we covered. Uh, putting church over community, putting orthodoxy over love, putting certainty over wonder, putting teaching over conversation, putting polished over real, putting explanations over empathy, putting answers over questions, putting membership over friendship, putting prayer over actions. Uh, did we get is that all that we got here? Putting services over self care. Yeah, we got through that one. Yeah, we, so we're gonna we're gonna pick up and see if we can't finish off the list this week. We'll talk about a little bit more about deconstruction, and we'll do some advice from Dear Life from the Path, and uh, and, and we're, then, we're good. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Hey, uh, before we get to, uh, too too farther, much farther down the road, I do want to let you know of a uh, new sponsor that we have on the show. It's Bob Eislauer with the Eisenlauer team, and he sponsors the Life from the Path Complaint Line. He's not aware of this particular sponsorship nor his name being on the complaint line, but I just wanted to bring his name back in front of you because we think Bob is a good dude. And when we were actually on Legitimate Radio and hustling up sponsors, uh, we cycled through a number of like secondary sponsors, but uh, uh, Bobby done, had us covered. Yeah. He, he kept the show afloat. Uh, we we paid for the airtime because you had to pay to be on the air, and uh, and he was he was rock solid. Even even like uh, rinky, my rinky dink billing platform, like I'm the only guy who sent him a bill. He had to get out his personal credit card and pay. I think everybody else just sent an invoice to the front office, but right. Bob paid our bill. We anyway, don't accept POs here. <laughs> so uh, I'm putting him in uh, uh, as as if he's just a brand new. Linked him on and give him show him some life from the path. Love call Bob Eisenhower with the Eisenhower team. Uh, they're easy to work with, hard to beat. I do forget uh, what his actual phone number is. 
Yeah. But if you type in Eisenhower. He's in my phone as Bob Eisenhower. Does that help you guys? Yeah, I think that'll work. I'll say, you know what? Why don't you hit up the complaint line with your deets, and I'll text you his contact card. Yeah, yeah, yeah. If you need to get a hold of Bob Eisenhower, then you know, this is the time for He's a realtor. Buy, buying and selling houses. Bob's your man. 515-517-0085. That's the live from the path Bob Eisenhower complaint line. Uh, call or text, and if you need Bob's phone number, we'll get it to you. Yeah, yeah. And I don't think I don't think his investment in our program has netted him dollar one. Not one. Uh, I mean, Mike's bought a house with him. I guess I bought a house with him. I mean, one in like you know twenty years. Yeah, yeah. So, so I mean, I mean it, it, he's really playing the long game on this thing. Yeah. So you know, yeah. If you want to, if you, if you, here's the deal. If you love the show, and uh, you really want to do something kind for us, you should sell your house right now. Yeah. Just decide to sell it and say, look, honey, we're gonna take one for the team. Uh, and, and we got to sell it, and we got to use Bob Eisenhower. Done. Okay. All right, here's the back half of the list. Uh, things he said, uh, Mr. Palmer said, he uh, mistakes he made. Putting um, style over substance. Yeah, that's dumb. That is a legit mistake. Yeah, that's just a flat-out mistake. Nathaniel? Yeah, I agree. Okay. Mistake. Yeah, yeah I, I don't think that needs a bunch of commentary. Uh, now, the style the style over substance thing, do you, I, I mean, are, are we... You think he's referring to like a slick and polished uh, services and whatever? Yeah, yeah. I yes, I do think that's what he's saying. But like, um, uh, and I do think that is a risk. I I, I do want to be cautious that you we don't come off and say, look, the only way to be authentic is to be crappy. Yeah. Right. Like, like, hey, uh, this is the same way. And this is odd. Like, my situation is interesting because, like, as a pastor of a house church, like, I, there are no, I don't pre-do, I don't pre-write anything out or whatever. But, like, just showing up and going, well, I, we'll see what the Lord says today after having, if I don't read it during the week, if I don't think of the questions people might have, don't bother looking into background or anything and just go, <laughs> well, you know, we'll see how it goes. Uh, same thing, like, I don't think your worship band, if you're going to have a worship band, you should do it to the glory of the Lord, do it well, let people use talents that God has given them to, you know, do good things. And so um, I, it doesn't mean that you do it crappy. Um, just just make it worthwhile. Like, do something that is of substance, not uh, that just uh, tickles the eyes. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Uh, the next one was putting appearance over authenticity. Don't be a fraud. Wait, the, 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 the premise that we talked about last week was in what ways would this um, – and what's, what, what would have to be true for this criticism to be valid? Uh, and it was putting appearance over authenticity? Yeah, yeah. Uh, well, I, maybe it's being willing to um, be honest with your sermons – how would we say sermons – or the way that you're teaching, like misrepresenting yourself as if you don't – have struggles too, yeah. right? Like, uh, you know, firing this thing out is like, uh, obviously, once you start following Jesus, it's going to be nothing but nonstop joy and blessings everywhere and whatever. And like, um, that's, the, you know, that's not true. It's probably more true for us than uh, most people, mm-hmm. I would say, for people that don't follow Christ. But like, um, in general, yeah, there's still going to be all kinds of hard times. And if you act like there isn't, then people that go through hard times then either doubt the things that you're saying are true about God or doubt that God can be uh, seen as, as true because it's not true in your life. Yeah, yeah. They either doubt God or they doubt themselves and their relationship with God. Either way, you've, you've done that by creating a space where it feels like the frailties of, of the human existence aren't real in the Christian service. Yeah. 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 Now, do you think people are guilty of this? Putting appearance over authenticity? Yeah. Oh, heck yeah. Yeah, I think this is bad. I think this is actually something, um, and this is not a church size problem. I think um, 
as leaders in churches don't want to be seen as failing. Um, one, because they worry, am I still allowed to lead people as a failure? Uh, and two, like they are worried that it tarnishes the name of Jesus. Like think of all the think of all the the cover ups in church in church scandals. Like these are people who kept up an appearance over as opposed to being authentic. And like when we, when I, we say authenticity, I think that's admitting where, where you're struggling with things. But I think also um, authentically, if you suck, you should come out with that. Like and, and serve the Lord authentically and say, look, I I, uh, I don't belong leading or serving people in this way, and so um, I should go back to just being a guy who who worships with everybody else. We should find a new dude. Yeah, and I think I and it doesn't necessarily mean like you have to be lewd or crass or you know like um, overshowing your hand. You know what I'm saying? Like you don't have to tell the whole congregation all the stuff all the time. You know, right. uh, but you do need to tell people you know close to you and around you that can hold you accountable for stuff like that. And then when you preach. Um, once again, like this is less of a problem if you're not making it about you, yeah. you know, like if you're making it about what God's character is and what God does and the way that like you saw this when you were 25 and you saw it this way and then you went through a hard time and you saw it a little different and now maybe you got a little wisdom on you and go, this is what this actually has turned out to look like in my life. Like that's okay. Yeah. Um, that would at least be showing all sides of the story. But like, um, you know, if, if the problem with, with selling the, the image is, is like, you know, we we sing the the hymns about the glory of God and all the great things He does, and the and the dry bones rattling and things really turning around. And like you're like, I still know ten people in my life. I've been praying for them for ten years. They don't know you. They don't know Jesus at all. Right? Why aren't those bones rattling? You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. I like I was just listening to a live cut from a uh, some uh, one of the bigger churches was doing a song and like. You know, it's a, halfway through the song, the dude's on the prophecy train. He's like, you know, I, 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 these people are going to call you. You know, like, these things are going to redeem tonight. You know, I'm like, I've been listening to this song for five days. Ain't none of this happened once. You know, like, so just be careful. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Be yeah. careful. Because once again, like, you can't start prescribing God's timing. You can't prescribe why uh, God allows... Um, certain things to happen either because of the freedom of a fallen world or uh, flat out God's got you going through a valley so you see the mountain correctly, you know. And so like it's you just have to be careful. And I think it's it's sometimes where um, when you get pinned down, you know, like why isn't God doing this or what? You know, someone will ask you is where's God in this whole thing? And and like sometimes your answer can be He's here. I don't know what He's doing, but He is there. Yeah. <laughs> you know. And like I think we that's hard to be okay with with a hurting person next to you, but it's better than phoning in some kind of ridiculous yeah. promise. That I mean, you... authenticity is always f- more freeing than appearance. Uh, that's true. Yeah, like, that's right. Uh, like you, uh, I know this has happened at House Church before where uh, Ben's come rolling in and, and started talking to me and he's like, yeah, we were having a marital spat out in the car. <laughs> and I was like, <laughs> you know, I, I mean, I dig on that. Because, <laughs> like, what, what other church are you going to where the pastor's like, yeah, me and my wife are really going at it before this. <laughs> no way, they're tucking in their shirt. <laughs> saying, no, I've got my tie on. <laughs> Welcome to clean, clean, polished church time. Yeah. And uh, also, like, it's not just him. He was, like, you know, I was sitting out in the car uh, a couple weeks ago with Megan. He's, he comes rolling up. You having marital spats out here? <laughs> <laughs> Were you having a marital spat? Uh, no, I don't think so. Okay. But even just the question, it's like, you know, that, like to come into church and know that, like, uh, you don't have to keep up appearances in order for these people to love you. Right. Like, yep. you can come in here and you can be real, and uh, things are going to be okay. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you can't stay that way. You can't stay in marital spats. That's right. <laughs> but, I mean, 
you can be real about it. Well, yeah. that's that's what I was going to say. So I think that's the that's the place where the critique could be be well um, well applied. I think the risk on the other side of it is that um, in all, <laughs> to protect our ability to be real, um, we don't allow ourselves to be changed. Right, so to say, like if 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 you got a someone who was teaching up there and said, "Look, this is what we're called to," like I could be a hypocrite about that, I could, but it doesn't make it not true. And so, like authenticity doesn't mean that you don't still call yourself and other people in the in the righteous name of what God has pointed us to to good and holy things. And so, um. I think that is the, that's the risk on the other side is in, in order to defend their authentic selves, we refuse to be changed and, and, and edified and molded into the selves that God wants us to be. And so you have to have room um, to take things like that in humility. And like we actually uh, – we were talking about this in one of our um, – in the, this logic class I'm teaching with some, with some high school students. And we're like, you know, the, the no, one of the key notions of your uh, ability to, to be changed – is like, can you hear a? Can you take in information from a hypocrite, and let and allow it to change you? Because, like, and frankly, if a number of the kids goes, yeah, my, my parents are always telling me to do stuff, and they're hypocrites because they do it. I said, let's ignore whether they do it or not. Was it right? Is what they told you good advice? Yes. Is it sound? Yes. Uh, then what does it matter that they're hypocrites about it? Like, they should also learn from the things that they're saying. But like, that someone's a hypocrite is not a logical problem. It's just an offense to you. Yeah, and so anyway, like it's just to say, on the other end of it, um, I think you need to be authentic about who you are, uh, what you're struggling with, what your community's struggling with. Be willing to open up and share, because as Nathaniel points out, there's freedom in that. Um, but don't defend your authenticity um, as if it is where you are to stay, because you should authentically be changing where you need to be changing. And that, just on the flip side of that coin, if you're sitting on great news that God has been doing things and you're not telling other people, that's a shame on you. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like you're watching God do amazing things and you're just sitting there holding your tongue. People are like, what are we praying about? And like you got cool, great things God has been doing and you don't say anything. You, that's terrible. <laughs> yeah. Stop doing that. Yeah. Edify it with other people. Let us be excited too. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? That God is moving. Not necessarily in your situation, but like even if it's your neighbor or your cousin or whatever, you're like, listen, this cool thing I heard God did. And you're like, yeah, I want to hear that. That's the stuff we want to be. Well, that's authentic stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Agreed. All right. The next one was um, put putting functionality over beauty. I don't That's a real hippie thing to say. I don't know what's going on with this. I don't one. know what that means mm. exactly. Like I, I is he trying to say that there's beauty in the in the in the mess, right? There's there's beauty in a little bit of uh of of rawness opposed to What yeah, what do you mean by function? Like what does it mean functionality? Yeah, I don't know. It's a function. It's of it's 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 fulfilling something. It's fil- fulfilling a purpose. It's accomplishing something versus beauty. I this, I don't I, I don't know I don't want to overspeak on this one I don't understand what he's getting at here. I'm gonna I'm gonna parlay as well. Nathaniel, do you have any thoughts? No, other than like uh, I'm trying to think through like what what would a mega church have that's functional that would uh, decrease on beauty? I mean, I suppose if you run up dudes through classes or ladies through classes by the by the number and not by the not by the per the person. You know what I'm saying? Maybe you miss out on the amazing thing. Like, maybe God's doing a really cool thing in Susan's life, but you would never know it because you put him through the Bible 101 class, and you're like, we're not talking about that right now. We're talking about the, the Pentateuch, and I want your answers on the Pentateuch. That's it. That would be the only, I, that, that'd yeah. be the only sniff of what I can grab. Yeah, yeah. I, yeah, but and that, the ret rings closer to some of the other ones 
like not quite style over substance, but like function. You could say functionality over substance. Like, did we did we run people through the thing? Did we become efficient um, and lacked our ability to become? Um, I don't know, beautiful seems like a real stretch, but you know. Yeah, it's purposely comparing two things to make one sound like functionality is ugly. Uh, ugly. Yeah, and like the like, janitor's ugly. All the stuff the janitor does ugly. That's right, and like having a pre-designed room where kids go, like that's ugly, and like play, like buying your communion wafers ten thousand at a time because it's cheaper. Like, like all these things right. that make logical sense are now all of a sudden a tool of the devil to pull you away from beauty. Like that, that I don't know if he meant that or yeah. not, but this one's hard to hard to grab. We need the real loaf. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, an artisanal, an artisanal we need, bread. We need Betty baking it every week. Uh, okay, Betty. all right. Let's let's go then. Putting numbers over. Oh, sorry. Um, putting religion over spirituality. Uh, well, here's the thing. Religion has gotten a real bad rap. Yeah, uh, for sure. Uh, not the religion that, say, James defines, because um, that's pretty straightforward. Um, but like the way that we define religion, um, heck, even I don't think of it very well, right? Well, like, well, but yeah, but what do we what do we mean? Is he by talking that? like high church? Because that's what I think when when he says putting religion like form and function over uh, relationship. Yeah, I think it's I think it's to imply like high church slash Phariseeism. Like I think that's the worst. I struggle with that. Yeah, but like I don't even know. Like outside of Islam, most religions are not so so bound. Like it's a real interesting. It's it's an interesting critique against Christianity as a whole. But you're. But I I think I get the point um, about like people who don't know it. If it feels like your religion is go and do the things, if it's a schedule, really, I would I would say like it's similar to that conversation we were having earlier this week where religion is uh, telling truths about God without the heart of God, right? That's how people view religion, yeah, right. Like here's a fact, here's a thing that it is true, but you said it like a complete jerk without God's heart, and so like it just seems like you're following a religion, not a not a God who loves and interacts and is full of grace and mercy. So, so he says, putting so let's, let's follow, and this is a quality critique, religion over spirituality. So what, ha, what would, the, that spirituality is nebulous to me. Like, I, if we say, like, f- you're putting things together that I'm not okay with us putting together, like, um, hey, it's almost saying, look, if you follow the, 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 the Bible versus Holy Spirit, as an example. Right. That's garbage. Uh, the Holy Spirit, uh, inspired the Bible, and so like I, that's the Holy Spirit versus Holy Spirit. The Bible is spirituality, and so what do we mean? Well, may, I mean, maybe it's a dichotomy that actually shouldn't. Uh, is that what we're getting to? Right? It shouldn't even exist. Yeah. And but but it does. But it does. There are people that lean very heavy on true things without God heart, and then there are people that that lean very heavy on. Um, I don't like to be bound by. Uh, the way that scriptures are interpreted between this and this and this and this guy, um, but I just like to let you know the Holy Spirit or Jesus flow through me and and steer me as I as I yeah. walk this earth, which is it. not bound by any truths. Yeah, that's right. That's right. I I function exclusively under holy indigestion. Yes. And yeah. <laughs> okay. So uh, what about the well? As an example, like uh, you were talking to that fella 
uh, from the church around here who was fighting with the elders for months on end on yeah. just changing like the uh, the the order of the service. That's right. Right. That's right. And so like that that might be an example of this where where you're taking uh, something that maybe seems like religion because it's an, it's in order and and has a uh, this you know it's the way we've always done it and yeah. and, and uh, doesn't allow for um, oh freedom. Well, yeah, 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 it'd be, like, yeah, and think about like uh, like the way that we, we we do our our normal Sunday services, right? Like, okay, we're going to do three tunes, and we're going to do a prayer, then we're going to do two tunes, and then it's time for the communion, and then it's time for the worship or time for the sermon, and then one tune at the end. And right, if we say anything outside of that is unholy, right? Like if the spirit moves somebody to to go on a rant and talk and 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 preach to the people straight from the crowd, and we're quelling that and going, no, 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 that's not in the service, Bob. Sit down, right? Like, yeah. that's probably no good. Yeah, which is unfortunate that any of that stuff is being represented by the word religion. Which it probably... Yeah, that's, right. like, that's just like human, human stubbornness. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. and I, I, th- I, if, yeah. I, I think religion really has, like, the word just has a bad connotation to it in our culture, for yeah. sure. Yeah. If someone says, hey, I'm pretty religious, the problem isn't, it's that someone would say that. And they, th- and they have some level of pride in it. Implies that they're probably real sticklers, so real stick in the muds. So I had a guy uh, accuse me of being religious, and it wasn't in a bad connotation, you know. Yeah. But like, I was asked a question, uh, somebody's name, and I'm like, man, that sounds like a name of a saint, Saint something. And I said the guy's name, and he goes, "Well, shouldn't you know? Aren't you religious?" And I go, "I'm not Catholic. I don't know. I don't know all the the saints or whatever." Yeah. I said, I, "You know, I was just making conversation, but like, just assumed because of the way that I carried myself, like they don't they don't see like you're a follower of Yahweh." Or you believe in Jesus, right? Like right. you're just religious. Like you fall in a bucket of people that believe a thing. Right, 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 right. Yeah, boy. Think of all the distinctions that you would make in your mind about just what you know about what other people leave, believe who who follow Jesus or claim to follow Jesus, and then how much outside of these types of circles, no one has any idea what you're talking about. Mm. Yeah, yeah. Uh, that happened to me recently. Where we, I was talking to a guy uh, about like meal trains. Uh, after somebody has like a surgery or something like that, and he's like, "I have never heard of this in my entire life." I was like, "Maybe." I mean, I thought it was like ubiquitous. Ubiquitous. Right. Like everybody did it. Yeah. And apparently, it's it's a it's church of Jesus people. It's a church thing. <laughs> yeah. And I was talking to another guy. He uh, he grew up in the church. And I was like, "Hey, uh, Derek, you are you familiar with?" Me? He's like, "Yeah, you get the ladies together. You know, get everybody get a meal. You come over, clean the person's house." And I was like, "I'm, I'm not having to experience that one, but uh, yeah, yeah." Clean right the person's Derek. house. Yeah, Derek. Uh, Derek was saying they, they they come over and clean. And what church does he go to? I'm gonna go visit. I think yeah. it's. Uh, I'm feeling under the weather. <laughs> he said it was uh, predominantly African American, and uh, it was kind of a mix between. Uh, I don't remember the, the the name for the the denomination, but it was Episcopalian. Uh, it well, he said it was like, like a uh, a combination of uh, Pentecostal and Baptist. That's yeah. wild times. Baptocostal. Yeah. Yeah. yeah Baptocostal. Boy, I bet there's some inner fighting there. <laughs> uh, okay, he said uh, mistake was putting numbers over faces. Yeah, you jerk. Yeah, you you should, should be ashamed of yourself for doing that. Hey, he's trying to repent. No, he's not. Okay, he's trying to accuse other people of other things. He's just doing it in a sly boot. Yeah, he's like, oh, look at me, poor me. I, I neglected to put the toilet seat down. And I peed all over the seat, as did all of you. Like, actually, that's one of the that's one of the things I struggle with when it comes to some of the deconstruction stuff. Is it always comes with a load? Like they're finally free of something that you poor saps are still underneath. Yeah, it, there's, there's just like an attitude about it. 
Yeah. Uh, and I, I, I'm going to save my commentary for yeah, sorry. a follow-up discussion. Yeah, okay. So um, this, I think this could be true. In fact, I think this often is true. Um, so it's a right critique. Um, but, like, stop it. I, I don't – like, this isn't even um, – you're not even protecting – unless you're trying to say – like, people are in the risk of trying to protect the wrong thing. Like, they, the evidence of success um, lacks human human humanity – uh, and instead, are institutional measure targets. Actually, this was um, this is part of the crux, I think, of the Rise and Fall of Mars Hill podcast. Um, is you start to measure. This is always true when you start to grow things. Is you stop measuring the tangible kind of salt of the earth thing. Hey, we as a company want to make a difference. We want to help the little man, and we want to provide a great product at low prices. Uh, and after you get two or three years in, and now you're dealing with ten thousand customers over sixteen states, and now you're not counting. Did Earl get his seed this week? Right now, you're counting. Did the trucks deliver on time? What's our relationship with the with the warehouses? Um, you're not. You're counting different things. You stop counting the thing on the, that you actually started caring about at the beginning. It's funny because the bigger you get, the more that you move on the defense. Like the more you're 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 trying to keep the train moving, opposed to make sure that the train is actually going where you wanted it to. Yes, go. that's right. That's right. That's what we were talking about. We were talking about uh, some work environments before, and like the measure of success isn't did we do a great job, did we have the impact in individuals' lives that we expected. It's our hammers swinging and trucks moving. Um, did the ch- did the church service start? And you're going to count how many bodies are in there, but the su- and how many and like a baptism. But like, boy, when you're tr- when baptisms are not like a personal celebration, and it's a count. Like if you baptized. 200 people in any given day i'm suspicious of it because <laughs> hmm. it feels like the truck's moving and and the hammer's swinging um but like these people like do they do they meet jesus here or do they get caught up in a process um or did they get caught up in a moment because you said something real whiz bang before you invited them up and like it's not that people can't get baptized spontaneously we've done it it's great it's super awesome but like um when the numbers start getting so high i get real anxious that um did, did we introduce somebody to Jesus here, or did they just get caught up in an assembly line of which it was real exciting yeah. to do? And so, yeah, I think this is totally a risk. I should knock it off. Um, let's see, putting holiness over humanity. Eh. I don't know if that How, when, when could this be a right critique? Uh, well, I mean, I suppose if you're judging people who don't know Jesus, then... Yes, I think that's the right. Like, it, like, uh, like uh, saying the p- parts of parts of humanity is too dirty for me. I shall not be around it. Because yeah, here's I am all so the. Or, or if you're talking to somebody specifically and saying, "Here's all the ways that you're failing. Here's all the ways that you're not holy." You know, and and like instead of going, I hear all the things that you've come from and all the things that you've experienced. Let me tell you something about Jesus, real quick. Yeah, you know, like and introducing him to the God that we're trying to show the standard where the standard of holiness comes from. And so, like, if you go straight to here's all the tick boxes on why you suck, um, yeah, that's that's putting that's putting the holiness over over humanity. Yeah, you know, yeah. but like, um, yeah, I, that that's where it could be a, a right critique, and I, I think to some extent that. Uh, we could be guilty of this, right? Like, and that's a that's a human problem, right? Because at the end of the day, I I know something that is life changing and and awesome, and you do not. And uh, instead of being overflowing with, I just want you to know about this, right? Uh, humanity tends to use it as a benchmark of why I'm better than you. Yeah, yeah. So it's a human problem because, like, I, th- 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 this is where I struggle with the list. Is it's not particularly thoughtful. God says. 
Uh, we, and we were talking about this on a show recently. Um, or maybe it was an old show. You be holy like I am holy. And like um, – but it, it, that's not there, – There's a if you look at it um, in the right way, it's not a you suck because you're not like me holy. It's God saying I see you that way. Now live up to it. Like it's an encouragement up, not a squash down. Mm-hmm. Um, and so like where God calls us f- for holiness, how could that be detrimental to humanity? It cannot be. Which means the only way that this is wrong is if we misunderstand holiness. Yeah, or if we. Or I if think we, that's what he's doing. I yeah. think this is a, uh, he's he's reiterating the appearance over uh, authenticity. Yeah, where he's saying, okay, it's it's a false holiness. Yeah, it's a, a squeaky clean shoe uh, showing up to church with your tie on, rather than uh, fighting with your wife in the in the parking lot. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah, which yeah, yeah. is human. Yes, that's right. So, like, uh, but it's, 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 you know, the 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 crux of it, or the theme in some of these, uh, a lot of these so far, is um, is la- lacking humility. It's just there's an arrogance to these things. There's a human power. There's a human dominance. There's a human. Um, uh, I, I don't know. I don't know what other word to, to use for it. But like, um, it's not humble service. It's not feet washing. It's a, it's something else than that. But what, what we're using that I, I struggle here because I don't want you to uh, misdefine words that God has intended for for quality use. Yeah, like go out and be holy. Uh, that is not. Um, I would not choose humanity over holiness. I serve humanity in holiness by setting myself apart in service in the way that other people don't. I should serve humanity in its greatest need. And I, and and maybe that's the crux of the list is is basically is just because you put two words together and acted like they were at odds with each other. Um, either shows that your lack of understanding of what those words actually mean and how they're to be put into practice, or you're literally just uh, pumping up a drama cannon and acting like it has to be one or the other, and that's not necessarily true at all. Yeah. I mean, I do think, I mean, you probably could have, if you're going for thematic stuff, you probably could have cut this list down to like four yeah. or five instead of the 25. But you are grab, it, that's the problem, I'd grab words and using words to communicate a broad thrust of something without giving quality attention to the words you're using and why they are supposed to be what they are. Mm. Like actually could you could you explain the whole list so far and just go, yeah, we're missing we're misapplying or uh, misunderstanding the words of the Lord. If 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 these critiques are true, then there's a failure in there somewhere. Yeah. Yeah. Uh then he says uh putting accountability over acceptance. When when would this be a right critique? Uh, it is a right critique when, once again, when somebody doesn't know Jesus, right? Like we we uh, hold people accountable to things that we've agreed to be held accountable to, right? Like any any person I've ever been accountable to, um, him and I both have said, this is what I want you to hold me accountable to, right? But like without that uh, set in place, then yeah, you're trying to hold people accountable to things that they don't know anything about. Yeah, and this is tough because of the word acceptance. Um, if you if we mean um, I should accept that people who don't know Jesus aren't going to act like people who know Jesus, um, then yes, uh, you certainly should. But if it means we should otherwise be um, find it acceptable or be satisfied with people's thoughts or beliefs that are detrimental to them or to the world around us. And I should have that over a level of um, accountability for people's actions. I don't know that I can buy into that. I'm not even sure this is even a Christianity problem, this particular thing. Like the, the notion of um, our, how, much, how much should we just accept that people will do what they want or be what they want 
um, even if it is harmful to them? Well, as people who follow uh, Jesus, I think the answer is uh, not at all, right? Like, uh, we call people to the thing. Once again, I know a thing, and it's life-changing and awesome. And, like, how much do I have to not like you to, to not call you into that? You know, and so, like, um, and, and, and I mean, obviously, people argue from this standpoint all the time. It's like, I just want to be accepted for who I am. And, like, uh, God sees you exactly for who you are, and actually, you're not it right now. This is not what God created you to be. Right. It's not the place that God, uh, you know, had set apart from you, and it's not the joy and freedom that He promised. And so, like, just because you're willing to accept less doesn't mean that He is, and it also means that I'm not willing to accept less uh, just because you are. Yeah. Uh, but uh, yes, yeah, yeah. So I, I think this is. I think it's. It's. Um, there's a humility issue in here. Um, that like one, you weren't ordained the accountability man for everybody in the world. That's a relationship issue. Um, you bet. You better be the right person in the relationship. However, I think the boundary on the other side is that like, um, if some guy showed up into my yard and started drinking out of the bird bath that had like a cat deucer in there, mm-hmm. and like, and goes, "Look, I just like it. <laughs> like, <laughs> I'm still gonna mention it, yeah. sir. You know, I think you shouldn't be drinking that. It's bad for you. That's right. If you want a cat deuce, I just I can't be part of it. That's so right. you're gonna have to do it somewhere else. <laughs> That's right, you're going down the road to peace. And so, like, I, I think this this notion of acceptance, like, I get it. it. It rubs into some very sensitive areas, I understand. But, like, um, I think the the this is too shallow of a critique. Yeah, I, I, I think what the actual critique is and where it plays out in, in, in functionality throughout humanity is, is people calling um, people calling particular sins to accountability and not people. Right, like they they look at they look at a, a person and and see their sin, and that's what they want to fix. That's what they want to address, yeah. and not actually the person that's doing it. You know, like they're just says, "Look, I, I don't know anything about you, but I know this is true, and I know it needs to stop." And like that is true. Yes, it yeah, does yeah, need that's to stop. Fair. But like, if you don't know the person at all, <laughs> right? Like you're 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 more you're more like a like a sin janitor then you are uh, a priest. That's right. You know, a, a, a person of peace that wants other people to know Jesus Christ. You just want to be the guy that scrubbed a sin out. And, like, that ain't, that ain't how Jesus did it, and that's not how we're going to do it. Yeah. Actually, I, so I, I think that's, that's the thing, is, is, again, that slight nuance on being holy. Um, do it, within people, do I see a human who needs rescue, and I am, I am enthusiastic for the chance to introduce them to that path? Or do I see a human who needs rescue, and I want them to super-duper know that they need rescue. Yeah. Uh, and make it very clear how much of a rescue that they need. I think that, I think you do, like that, notice that he needs rescue as part of both, but like, are you focusing, what's your balance on the definition, or, or like the, 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 of what am I pointing out? Actually, the, during the, I think this was, I just released like an older, one of the older podcast episodes, and I think this came up there, and it was about, Dan was talking about Calvinists, they tend to focus on depravity, which means they tend to focus on sin. Like their conversations just aren't super hopeful. Yeah. Uh, it's a real downer, and they focus on it all the time. Is that part of God's story with humanity? Absolutely it is, but like so is his rescue. Like that got to be the, like Christianity spread on the rescue part, and so you have to tell the full story. But like on the balance, are you focusing on encouraging up to meeting Jesus, or are you uh, focusing on discouraging people so that they know how much uh, they need it because they're so bad? Yeah, and I think it's pretty easy to tell as 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 time goes on because like if if you're, if you're the sin scrubber, 
then you expect pretty instant results, and it's your main topic of conversation. But like, if 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 you're presenting a path of rescue, right? Like, uh, Jesus will do that, and the Holy Spirit will will work over a time period. Yeah. And like, if you're only after the sin scrubbing, then you're going to get real frustrated real quick, and you're not going to be near patient near patient enough to be with them, the person, as Jesus does the rescue. Because right. it, it's not it's not going to happen overnight, right? And that's a and 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 of course the Lord does this in His own time, and you have to be there for the person, not necessarily the sin that you're trying to get rid of. Yeah. 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 Agreed. Uh, next one was putting uh, mistake was putting heaven over earth. I think this is a right critique. Um, if uh, one, I, I actually think the theology is better um, because I do believe our eternity is uh, on a on a rejuvenated earth of which Jesus comes to live amongst uh, and rule over humanity. And so the notion of like I'm busting out of this joint, I think is 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 rough theology. Um, but also, like not treating people's relationship with Jesus as if it is like an earthly experience. It is. Like, it, it's all you know. Like, it's the only thing you know. That's right. Heaven is like a is like a 30-year mortgage to a 21-year-old. You know what I'm saying? Where they're yeah. like, hey, we're going to loan you $108,000. And you're like, whatever. I'll sign How whatever. much is it a month? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right. I don't, I don't understand. Like, you know, <laughs> so like, like, even if they would bring a briefcase out with an image of, of all this money, you'd be like, yeah, okay. Now, on the other hand, that same 21-year-old will drop... 20 bucks out of his pocket while walking down the street and it's the biggest thing that ever happened to him like we gotta get that 20 <laughs> we gotta have it but the 108 grand they're borrowing for the bank completely unimaginable yeah. they can't they can't take it in <laughs> yeah so, yeah so like uh I, I think it's it's a it's something to look forward to most definitely um but like you do run the risk of of painting gray over human hurt real human need Real human joy to be had in good, perfect things. Like, think of this. Like, we're we're introduced in scriptures from the first few chapters. Like, chapter one, God creates earth and it's good. Like, this is good. God looks down and goes, and He says it's good. This isn't me. Like, I, I couldn't have done that personally. This is the Lord going. I created this, and this is awesome. And if our main focus is completely bailing from the experience that God was happy with, at least the pictures and and, and themes of it. Like, I think we're probably missing something. It's almost telling God that, like, get me out of this hellhole. I can't wait to go where you're at. And he's like, I'm coming there. <laughs> right. Well, and then try to convince somebody, like, hey, do you want to spend eternity with Lord Jesus? Why? Well, it's awesome. I mean, you you say. <laughs> what do you know? You haven't even been there. <laughs> right. You know, and, like, so, like, I, and we're saying, look, experience the God that created you here and now. Uh, and then you will look forward even more to eternity, and that is true, right? But like trying to say the only basis for you deciding to follow Yahweh or not is based on your your decision on how to behave in the afterlife. You're like, I don't even know this God you're talking about, so I I, I don't know. <laughs> you well, know, you know, it's even almost uh, let's get back to the theology point. Is that like why why do I even care about heaven? Why why would you why do you care? Because you think they got a sweet sub sandwich shop. Because you think the streets are literally paved with gold, and you think it'd be cool to get your your lower digits on top of some gold. No, gold is no. slippery. <laughs> like, why do I, why do I care about heaven? Because I think Yahweh is there. I think Yahweh lives there, right? I get to walk with the Lord in heaven. And so now, let's go back post resurrection. Jesus and He says, "I send a helper." The real, like, part of the entity of of the Godhead now lives within you. You walk with Jesus here. So, like, what are we pining for? Now, the, 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 there are things. There are things like the elimination of human corruption and sickness and death and all the – like, there are certainly things. But, like, 
the thing that I really want to be true, I have glimpses of of here. And so, like, can we at least make sure we give the right heft to that reality? Um, and if God came, like Jesus shows, to rescue the world, and our job is to take that rescue into the world, boy, I feel like we got important stuff to do. Instead of sitting at home going, boy, I just can't wait to heaven. Yeah, these gold streets are going to be whiz-bang. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Uh, boy, let's see. We're popping right through. Putting meetings over relationships. Yeah, that's obviously. Meetings are the worst. Mm-hmm. I mean, it doesn't depend. Like, we're meeting now. Yeah, I mean. It, it doesn't feel like We met here. <laughs> it's, it smells like he's saying, like, if we had to church discipline a guy. Or something, or even just like a uh, church board. Or have like a, we're we're going to meet, a, you know, the third Sunday of the but month, th- and we're going to talk about the. Do you really think they showed up and like refused? Like we're real callous about it. Like, hey, welcome to the church board meeting. Hi, Jim. You shut your mouth. We don't do that in here. No, we're conducting business. Well, no, but yeah, I mean, like of all the most ridiculous church fights I've ever heard of, they always around. Some stupid meeting item, right? Like, hey, we need to order new pews. We're going to get blue. I don't I want mean, you blue. You can't argue with people unless you put them in the same room. <laughs> right. I, I, but that's the thing. It's like your relationship with Brian, who insists on the orange pews, and now you're like letting it split you up between your relationship with him because over a stupid meeting agenda thing. Yeah. Okay. So, like, uh, this is really saying put relationships over, um, I don't know, individual preference or. Um, Pride or all, any all kinds of things, right? That yeah. like it's not really a meeting. Here's the deal: it's like I, I interact. Uh, I've been in uh, many kind of like top level, like executive style meetings uh, for my for my also job, and like there's all kinds of glad handed in relationships in there, and not even like BS golf stuff. Like these guys, oh hey Brian, how's it going? How's your family? Yeah. Hey, is your is your how's your son doing at college? Or like some kids got his kid on a on a, a college basketball team. People ask that guy all the time, man. Hey, I saw him last night. He got he got fifteen points, three fouls, heck of an elbow to the face. Yeah. <laughs> like, like the things that you would think would be super dry in corporate America, like they're people having relationship type of stuff. Yes, they roll it up and they ask the questions and they go forth and figure out the answers. But like, uh, I just. I just wonder that this one is, is doesn't seem well formed um, because like people are just like just like the one of the opening ones was putting church over community and I said that we said that the church is community. Um, you can have meetings and relationships. It's just all, all meetings are an agreement to show up to a place and talk with people. Yeah. So, okay, I think you guys are right though. That's probably what he's getting at. Uh, putting reputation over risk. In which places, right critique should you put uh, be more risky? It seems like the same question is the polished over, mm. uh, like same thing, same same. Yeah, yeah. Or like uh, maybe maybe as we think about Christians, do we get concerned who we're going, who we're seen with, what type of folk are hanging out? And I think it's stuff? a Pharisee. Uh, look, your your Jesus hangs out with sinners and tax collectors. Yeah, you know, right? And 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 our uh, unwillingness most of the time to hang out with our modern day sinners and tax collectors. Yeah, 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 yeah. Or like, Even on a casual meeting. That's the thing. It's like it'll be completely acceptable to the Pharisees if you were trying to lead them to Jesus, right? Yeah. But what if you were on a soccer team? You know? What if you were out to dinner? Just a regular out to dinner with them. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Just just regular doing life. We're like, well, if you're not specifically hanging out with them for the purpose of leading them to Christ at that meeting, then 
Yeah, your right. reputation is tarnished, and how that's many, foolish. How many Hail Yahweh's do I have to say for this to be an evangelism tact? Correct. As opposed to eating a salmon dinner. Yeah, and it, does, it really does. Like, that's a, that, it, it's, a, it's a thought. Like, it's a buried thought. I don't know that anybody would, like, vocalize it, but, right? but if, you're, if you're hanging out with an X group of people and you're not specifically trying to evangelize to them that day, then you've joined them, right? Are you being nice to them? Right now, they're going to think that their 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 sinful life is okay, yeah. because you're being nice to them. Yeah, right. It's the exact same thing Jesus was accused of, and like, yeah, I th- I think we can be guilty of this. That's right. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So I, I think that's right. So uh, is there a place where this goes too far? Uh, I suppose where you start compromising. It's back to the holiness question. Um, just because you want to be able to uh, th- think of the triple X church work, like just because you're trying to find a means to introduce. Um, people who are in the porno, uh, pornography industry to meeting Jesus, uh, there is a limit to which you should engage. That's right. Don't visit the set. Right. As an example, you wait outside or something. Yeah. Yeah. Don't, don't be pay. an actor. Yeah. Don't be. Don't offer to run the camera. Yeah. Right. Like these are Don't not, be like, hey, I go get lunch for everybody. Yeah. I, that might be a little far. Let too. me help with the script or whatever. Like this is not you. <laughs> That's a, it's, uh, you're like, but how do I get close to these people outside <laughs> the script? You do it outside. <laughs> So like yeah yeah just uh, you know don't, don't uh, there is there is a there is a um, g- where you say any risk is acceptable uh, I don't think I don't think that's true that, certainly not on a personal level there may be other people who are attuned for work that you're not attuned for and you should know that but like also you don't compromise what is actually true and things that God has called good and holy um, you don't sacrifice that so that you can take as a risk. Um, just to otherwise try to accomplish something. Well, I guess, but the, the point is, like, you're, whether you're worried about your reputation. Don't worry about your reputation. Just walk holy and faithfully with Jesus, and then that that involves taking all kinds of risks. Mm-hmm. And I think that's fine. Okay, um, let's see. Putting superiority over humility. Uh, you should have you should have started with that one, and this list would have been a lot smaller. Yeah, right on. Like this is uh, this is a this is a sermon on the mount business. Like you're supposed to be humble, and you're not. Yeah. Okay. Um, putting charisma over compassion. <laughs> I'm sorry. The thing that popped into my mind is like, hey, Pastor, uh, uh, my, my uncle just died, and you're like, hey. <laughs> like, <laughs> but did not sound good in yeah. service to We got the facilities for you. <laughs> like, we'll get the fog lights We've out. got an <laughs> uncle weeping room right over there, super comfortable. We'll bring some granolas. <laughs> like, I don't, know what, I, I don't know what situation brought on this comparison. I would... Uh, if I was to to think of a uh, of a of an example, it'd be that um, Mars Hill podcast where you know you got the guy with uh, all the charisma and the and the big yell, loud yelling, and then you got the elders who he's just you know boots to the side. Yeah, right. Just for being like dudes trying to do their do their duty. Yeah, and it's like you, you, no compassion there whatsoever, uh, just because you're the fella. Right. Right. So it seems like you're comparing two different things. Once again, it's an odd pairing. Yeah, yeah. Okay, we're, we don't have to spend any more time on it. <laughs> All right, putting the afterlife over the here life. That's the same thing as the heaven over earth. Got it. Getting lazy. Putting doctrine over reason. Well, yeah. Okay. Does doctrine have a bad connotation to it outside uh, of Christian circles? Well, yeah, because I think people take it in the same way they take in religion, as if it's a blind acceptance of information um, with refusal to listen to anything else, which is the, um, I think, the reason part. I I, I I don't know. I probably had this conversation 
50 times, like in, especially in youth group stuff, you know, but like, uh, I, I don't see that doctrine and reason are fighting. No. Right? Like, they're not, they're not at odds with each other. And like, uh, it just depends on, on which side that you believe that you're trying to bolster. If you see them as equals and complementary and complementary to each other, um, then actually I'm not trying to bolster either one. I just say, yeah, both make sense. Yeah. Well, like, um, it's, it's weird because a lot of people that critique what traditional Christian beliefs and say, well, look, that's not reasonable. We've kind of moved beyond those things. These are fanciful stories. Nobody was swallowed by a fish, right? Still cling to the to Jesus, which, like, at his most reasonable, if you take his life, you throw out all the things that are unreasonable. Miracles are not particularly reasonable. Claiming to be God is not reasonable. Resurrecting from the dead is not reasonable. So, like, what you're clinging to is a very optimistic man who died young. Well, and and once again, um, it seemed to work for him, right? Apart from the dying young, by his choice, frankly, but like uh, what's not reasonable is going through Samaria as a Jew. Not reasonable. Right. Right? And then he does it and it works out. You know, like everything that he... The problem is, is like these arguments don't happen in a vacuum. Is the same guy that will come up and tell you is like your your way of thinking is flawed or it's not progressive enough or like science is taking us beyond this or you know we don't find this reasonable. And then if I were to take all the facts in and go, look, I, I hear what you're saying, but like your way of thinking uh, leads to high instances of anxiety, depression, loneliness, and like a, a, a huge number of broken marriages. And and then you're telling me that like the thing that I think is flawed, yeah, like that's not reasonable, right? Right. If I look at the output for faithful, fo- I mean faithful followers of Jesus Christ, flawed, faithful, but yet faithful, yep. Right. Like if I can compare those numbers to the things that you're saying, and like on on totally on things that people will universally agree are positive, yeah. I feel like the faithful followers of Yahweh. Uh, have got this thing uh, by the by the pants. Yeah, you know what I'm saying. Like, yep. and so like once again is like you you're like this doesn't reasonable or I was thinking about it and like this is a, I hear what you're saying, but your output doesn't have thousands of years worth of people dying for your thing. That's right. For your nothing. Right. You know what I'm saying. So like right. that's kind of hard to take in. You have no hospitals based on your nothing. You have no orphanages based on your nothing. You have no charitable organizations that are based on your nothing. Like all these things where people are sacrificing of themselves to make most of God and people, and you go, yeah, the thing that you're doing is unreasonable. Well, your grandma's in my unreasonable hospital. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I think this is um, – I, I, I think it's, it's a critique on Christians being supposedly stubborn. Um, you continue to believe this thing, like like either childish things, like somebody got swallowed by a fish, uh, or the earth is only seven days old, or, or it was created in seven days, or um, just all kinds of things. But like our, our our doctrine comes from a scripture which was faithfully recorded by people who believed it to be true, and and lived it life in such a way that reflected that they believed it to be true. And so I, I think it is it is very uh, short-sighted to act like those things are not reasonable. Because here's the thing. Uh, some guy, uh, like some guy was, was begging at the gate, and then he runs into Pete and, Pete and the boys, and then he's healed completely and, and leaps off. Like, what is your reasonable explanation for that? Actually, the most reasonable thing I can think of is that a miracle occurred, probably attached to the God who had recently raised a man from the dead and who had demonstrated miracles uh, over and over again. 
That's actually the most reasonable thing I can think of. Mm-hmm. Like, there's no explanation for the other for the man leaping in this way. And so, like, uh, and and again, if you throw out all the things that are unreasonable, I'm not sure what you're still clinging to. In a like, you should just give up religion. But then here's the thing: what are you going to follow? I don't find any human particularly reasonable. I've ran into all kinds of them. Like, dude, that's not. That doesn't make any sense, what you're saying. Well, that's the thing. It's like, and even at the time that you talk to them, maybe they sound reasonable, and you'll find them five years later, and they're like, yeah, that thing I thought, not reasonable at all. Yeah, it's totally gone. Right? Like, I mean, we're at least pointing back to a God that does not change, whose heart is always the same, and always has the same goal. (laughs) Yeah. Right? Like, it it never changes. But, like, what was reasonable 50 years ago in your same line line of thinking was that parents shouldn't hug their kids. That was the reasonable thought. Right, right. It's like over-affectionizing them creates a bunch of wimpy kids, and then they won't be able to perform in society. Well, that's the most ridiculous thing I ever heard, but it made perfect sense in 1952. Yeah, right, right. right. So your reasonableness seems to move where God's steadfastness and truth doesn't. Yeah. So once again, who's reasonable? I count on the thing that doesn't move, the house built on the rocks. <laughs> that's right. And and, and I also would also submit that like reason is subject is subjective to humanity. Um, this gets to to what you, Mike, what you were saying, but like what one person finds reasonable, another person but does not. I find, hey, I could eat a candy bar a week. That seems reasonable. My wife finds a candy bar a month to be much more reasonable. Mm-hmm. We disagree on what on reasonableness, mm-hmm. and so it's 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 human subjectivity, uh, which you can't particularly pin down. And like, think of all the humans you know that are completely like wild donkeys of people. Think who, about everybody you work with. Like, you walk in every day, and then 10 minutes in the day, you go, you got to be kidding me. That's ridiculous. Here comes a guy that goes, you'll never guess what Frank did. And you're like, okay, hit me with the story. And you hear it, and you go, Frank is ridiculous. Yeah. I never would have done that. That's because you find Frank unreasonable, and you find yourself reasonable. <laughs> That's right. And think, actually, think about this. Think of, the, think of where you go for uh, fast food, and you guys order the whole menu. You spread it out, or do you just get the thing you like? Same thing. They don't same thing, yeah, right? Same thing. Okay, somebody who's not you is keeping Mickey D's afloat on the number six that you're not ordering. Mm. They're selling enough to keep it on the menu. That means there are that many people who are ordering this thing that you would never touch. You'd you never go, order it. Who orders the filet fish? Yeah. Who? Never. Would I waste a trip to McDonald's on the filet fish? That's what I'm saying. And somebody's like, I can't wait to stop there for the right. filet fish. I could have <laughs> anything on this menu. I'll take the filet fish. And and like they'll and they'll sub out for the those nasty apples in a packet. And you're like, what? There's fries available. This is like these people are voting, and this is what I'm saying. <laughs> these are on the other end of this reason conversation. <laughs> Last one: putting hierarchy over equality. Right critique um, would exist when it comes to how you think about how people serve in the church. Maybe more specifically, you should change the phrasing to how people serve their communities, including those within the church. And so, like, where you feel like your position, this is a pastor problem, um, if you believe you are over and above people as opposed to having unique, you should fight, this just feel like a burden to you, to be honest. I think if you're pastoring correctly, you don't feel above people. You feel like you're the guy in the corner who just got tagged to, to weep over all the crap going on around them because everyone's going to tell you. They're going to hide it from everyone else. They're going to come find your house and go, hey, guess what? Here's how the world is effed up. Yeah. And you weep for it. Like this is not a this is a prophet's job. It's not the same work as a prophet, but like it's the type of gig where like when God says, "Hey, I call you to be a pastor," I think you can enjoy it because you're doing the work of the Lord. But like you don't, but you would make you feel like a king. Mm. Like I don't think you're doing it right. And so if if there's a hierarchy, and I, actually this is what makes me nervous about bigger churches is if someone if there's someone to come to me, if, let's say I was the lead pastor of like a church got I don't know three thousand people in it or something, and they say, "Hey, look, I I need to talk about this," and I say, uh, "You need to schedule some time." 
with the pastor over your cohort. Yeah. Uh, you don't, uh, I don't, I don't, I don't meet with people. You go meet with this guy. Okay, that's crappy. Or people, like the level of importance, which means you don't deal with people's stuff that now you're managing an organization. I think that's junk too. But this was hierarchy over equality. Uh, the, 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 if you're a purist house church guy, um, they're all over this. They, in fact, they would, they would hate the way I do it. Um, that like you have even like a guy who says, I'm the guy who teaches the thing. They'd be like, no, everyone speaks. Like, I mean, nobody in any different ways. Everyone's like this bland bringer of spirit shaken every week. I'm not sure. I'm not sure on it. Um, so I think I think you can you can overrun this um, if you don't recognize where I feel like Scripture continues to bear out. There are people that have specific responsibilities within the church, but they're not thrones. They're responsibilities. They're ways in which you serve the community around you. Other people are serving the community around you in ways that don't require a title. But they're serving in the same way you're serving. You just have yours is maybe has some representation in scripture. Not not everybody's does. But like um I think yeah, I think we can totally get this wrong. Uh how about where it's a poor example? Um I I think I think you stretch it too far to act like um there is not a set I think hierarchy is not the right word. Um but like again, do you do you still consult the pastor if you've got two if you've got two believers uh trying to sort something out? Is it still okay? Do you go to a guy who's got a sense of authority over a particular thing like he's the guy who God has put, has put the burden on his heart to say you you answer these types of questions. Is it still okay to go that guy as opposed to just picking a rando? I think that's all right, yeah, I think that's okay. I think there's certain people that God has gifted, and like as a church, you're not called to be blind to that well i I'm but and we've seen this before, like where where people within a church all of a sudden feel like um, they don't like the direction that the pastor is going. Yeah. I don't even know what direction that could possibly be, except for to Jesus. But they're like, "Hey, you know, I don't like this," and so they they start to get a gaggle of dudes together, and they're like, "We're going to usurp this thing and whatever." And like, I don't like that we have this and this company coming out to do the HVAC and all kinds of weird crap. And you're like, "Now listen." There is some hierarchy here because a hierarchy in a church is not generally established by job title; it's by uh, responsibility. Yep. And so, like you know, yeah. Uh, do I think that the guy that shows up once a month all of a sudden should be in the middle of the business meeting deciding if we're going to add to the new wing or not? No, man, you're not invested here. No, yeah. you're, 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 you're. We're not equals in this conversation, right? Like I'm here day and night all the time, and I I'm listening to everybody's stuff, and I know what our finances are and our projections for next year, and you just show up off the street and go. No, no, no new wing. Like, nah, we're not yeah. listening to you. <laughs> you know what? You know what this protects against. And this is where, like, um, it doesn't protect against the happy path where everyone is humble and doing their best to serve the kingdom, um, and respecting the different talents and responsibilities that God has given people. You don't have a problem with this. Like, where you have a problem is in the face of human arrogance, or like, like to your point, guy shows up off. He's he's in the church for two weeks, and now he's like trying to make a bunch of changes. And he doesn't even know these people. He doesn't care for them. Like he's that's corrupt. Is a corruption in that? And this this type of stuff. Like someone's got to go talk to him. Someone gets to have the final say. Someone signs the paychecks if there are some. Like it's all right to have someone who has those responsibilities. I just the hierarchy is right call though. Like I uh, to the extent that it feels like you are actually above someone as opposed to there's just a uniqueness to your responsibility. Yeah. Nathaniel, any parting any parting thoughts on this on the on this list? That's that's the last one. Uh, no, no. Other than, other than uh, you know, he got some things right. He got some things wrong. We talked about it. 
If you want to <laughs> know more about it, rewind the tape. He's the best. Best side man I told, in the Mike, I told you he was the best. <laughs> you said, I'm not sure he's the best. I said, oh, he's the best. Yeah. <laughs> I, here's the thing. It's like some of that is, um, I don't know, even making a list like that um, out to the masses with no further explanation, um, it's too much mystery. Right, like, hey, ping me, and I'll give you the gist of this. Right, like, when you pair two completely unlike things, uh, not even opposites, but just unlike, you know, and then go this over this, and then provide no context or explanation, you just throw it out there for a bomb. You're not out there to edify people. You're not out there to encourage them or enlighten them or actually reveal the error of your ways. You're just out to say something grandiose so people can take it in, uh, which only leads me to believe that you just wanted credit for being grandiose. Yeah, yeah, like um, uh, someone who who got burned in some way or another over one of these words, or at least what they think is one of these words, is going to applaud this. Like if you just wanted people to give to plant two puckers on your left uh, butt cheek, you're going to succeed with this. Any thoughtful person is go, what do you mean by religion? What do you mean by like hierarchy? What do you mean? What do you mean? What do you mean? Like if people who are having right conversations that are like helping to refine and and get to good thought about places of which we need to grow and change, they got a million questions on this list. The people who don't want to learn but just wanted to rally and cry, they're going to dig on it. And so the question is, did you contribute to good in the world by doing this? Yeah. I'm not sure. I'm not sure you did. I think this is a little bit self-aggrandizing. Um, it, now, it feels like repentance, maybe, on on some things, on what you got caught up in. It does seem a little bit, um, again, it's, it's, it's got that vibe of, well, I'm glad I got beyond this. Uh, now I'm above. But once again, if you really wanted to help other people not struggle with it, like there's better ways of going about it. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? I think, I think you should speak to this. I think we, we identified, I think, situations where this is probably true for every one of these except for a couple. Uh, but the question is, is this the most effective way? Do you want to seek change or do you just want to whiz off the balcony? Yeah. I think you just whizzed off the balcony. Also a weird dichotomy. Either a guy wants change or he's going to whiz off the balcony. <laughs> that's what's that's what, it substantive. Yeah. Whizzing that's, off the balcony over it, having change. Does he want to go what a talk, mistake of ministry. Does he want to talk to, talk to the gardener and help him improve, or does he just he just want to let it fly two stories up onto the gardener? Once again, that's what I'm just saying. Two things opposite. I mean, not opposite things. Not in the same category. This is the same thing. You're listening to Live from the Path. Hey, if you uh, maybe you love this list, you think it's fantastic. And you think I falsely accused you of being a wizard or a butt kisser. <laughs> so you could call our complaint line 515-517-0085. Call or text if you could stop drinking out of the pot. <laughs> okay, Mike, your question. Let me go back to, to get the sense of uh, Mike's. Uh, there was a particular line on this deconstruction business here. It was... Basically, when Jesus showed up, he presented a reality of what following Yahweh looked like that was completely foreign to the folks claiming to follow Yahweh, Pharisees and whatnot. Is deconstruction like that or more destructive, and why? Yeah, so uh, I, so I, was, I, I can't remember. I was listening to a fella talk, right? And like all of it sounded like uh, trying to understand his faith well, right? And, and all of it sounded okay until he's like, I'm I'm deconstructing, and then he, he drops the the deconstructing word, and I'm like, okay, honestly, <laughs> you know, like I just I I don't know, it makes me cringe every time people saying crap like that. But I think I, I'm bringing negative connotations to it, uh, ma- mainly because the people that I see that are claiming to do that, uh, they just feel like they're doing it for 
their own glorification reasons, you know? Right. But uh, but to be fair, if I was actually going to look at somebody that says, look, I had this this faith built up uh, and o- over the years, and let's say you got to be my age where, you know, you're, you're like, okay, I, I, I really want to turn back and look at this thing and make sure that this makes sense to me. Um, yeah, do I, do I see an issue with that? My answer would be no, actually, right? Like, I expect you to, to, to run your faith through some filters and through some things that are true and have them verified uh, in Scripture and go, hey, you know, is this what I actually believe? Am I living out the thing that I say that I've based my whole life on? And, like, I, I, was, thinking about, I was thinking about Nicodemus. You know, where where the guy thought he had this whole thing covered, he's a Pharisee, and, and, and like, he's got this all figured out, and then Jesus shows up, and, like, he's forced to rethink everything that he thought was true about what the Messiah looks like, and what following Yahweh looks like, and what yep. temple sacrifices, and all this stuff, right? So, like, let's take the—if I take the mustache twisting out of it, and I just look at Nicodemus and go, is that, is that deconstructing? Is that, here's what I thought this was— and now I feel like I, I need to rethink this. I've, I've been presented with different information, and I'm, I'm just going to look at this completely fresh. I don't see that as, as near as bad. No, but, no, no, no. That's appropriate. Totally appropriate. So, so, so what's the difference between, like, let's say that interaction with Nicodemus and Jesus and, like, the modern term of deconstruction that we're looking at? So I think some people actually do mean that. I think there are folks who are, who are doing that, and they're going through a— refining process it's like it's like taking the power washer to your deck after the winter or whatever you're very satisfied yeah you're like hey man do i I, like i don't intend to have it this way is there crap on here that i didn't put on there or that i don't want on here and uh is it righteous is this what my deck is supposed to be and so you take the power washer and you start seeing hey what what's what are the bones of the thing that remain after i get all the crapola off it uh, especially stuff that other humans have put on it and so like you should constantly be asking that like, but like deconstruction gives the sense that someone has built a house and then took it apart, like like block by block or board by board, and then re put it back together. But like, I, I can't imagine it actually requires that. So so like, I think a lot of times when people are talking about deconstruction, they are saying that they're like, I'm going to rebuild this thing from a, from the ground up. But like. My foundation didn't change, as an example. Like, I'm looking to see, did a bird did, did a bird take a dump on my deck that I need to hose off, not do I need to blow up the deck and reconstruct an igloo out of the shards, which is what most people are doing when they're talking about deconstruction. They, they're, they tend to mean, um, like, they're questioning even, like, foundational things of the faith. Not how do I understand them, but whether they are legit, whether they are real things. And, like, that's the place where I would say, like, I wouldn't – I might remodel the house. I might turn a – like, something I intended for a bedroom has all my uh, flyover kitchen utensils out. Well, I'm not using it correctly. It's wrong. So I'm going to get the kitchen utensils out and use it for what it's supposed to. <laughs> These are all fine. But, like, um, I think the thing that, that, that kind of ends up triggering uh, Christians listening to deconstruction stories is it doesn't feel like people are looking to get, like, what is the real sense of what God was saying? They're going, did God say? Is God is God real? Uh, like, is any of this stuff true, or what do I think? That's really what it's like. It's like you blew up a house that God built and then re-put it together based upon your own design. And that, that I think, is what it feels like to some folks. I think that's a little unfair, um, because I think the questions are, are totally right. Yeah, right. The question that, like, did God say, 
or like like do I do I believe this thing that God said? Do I actually think this is true? I think those are those are still fair questions. I I think the the where where it gets a bad rap is like once again people are just they're doing it out in public. They're doing it r- r- like the like the fellow that wrote the list. Yeah. Right. They're not really saying anything or trying to lead you in a way or apologizing for the fact that they had had drug you down a thing that they believe to be true and now they no longer believe it to be true. And then when they when they when they leave, like they 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 just tend to blow up everything behind them. You know what I'm saying? Like yeah. they just be like, it was all wrong, and you guys are wrong. Now we're at the superiority thing, where you guys are all wrong for ever believing this. And 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 I I think most of it comes from once again, like we just have real short memories, right? We forget the things that God did. We forget the things that the that we saw Him move in other people's lives and in our lives. And you saw, there's no one that's been following Jesus for any amount of time that hasn't seen God do an amazing work, like you just have. Like and 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 so like. You, now you tend to minimize it and go, well, that wasn't that amazing, or that could have just been a thing of coincidence, or yeah. whatever, and then you start to rationalize it and then get it all kicked out of there, and then all the things that you knew to be true uh, all of a sudden are not. And so um, I, I guess maybe I'm just trying to make sure that like, when we're talking about people doing deconstruction, we're not talking about people that are just taking a hard look at at the structure that they have and going, look, what have I allowed to creep in here? What have I let some squatters sit here? Where have I decided that I'm going to put in a glass chandelier where that doesn't even fit the motif of the house, right? This stuff needs yeah. to go, you know, opposed to, like you said, like they just blow the whole thing up, and then and now they want to go to each house and blow those up too and go, just so you know, I've seen the light of, of how phony right. and raw this is. It's going to the, to the rest of the houses in your neighborhood that were built by the same builder, and like making sure people knew as I like. By the way, I need to remind you, your house sucked. I I got suckered into believing in such a crappy house, and I bought it. But now I've rectified this by blowing it up and reconstructing on my own under my own counsel. Well, and here's the thing: it's like most of those folks, I, I mean, that I would know personally that have done something like that. Like, problem is, is that they they believed a promise that that God didn't even make. Yeah, right. Like they believed something to be true, or spe- and it, it always has to do with them personally, right? Like God was going to make much of them. And when he did not, or did not come through, then all of a sudden they're mad at God because God didn't make much of them. And like, that is not anything God ever promised, right? God says, you're already much. I said you were much. And you're only much because I said so, right? And so yeah. they're like, and, and so like their deconstruction is based off of, well, if, if God's promise to me, uh, the salvation's not enough, the forgiveness of sins is not enough, the freedom that I enjoy and and the grace that I am offered, that's not what I really wanted. I wanted to be made much of in other people's estimation or in my own estimation, and that's where God has failed me. And then and then they decide that the structure itself wasn't sound because it didn't have their name and lights at the top of it. I mean, isn't the word... Isn't, aren't we being jacked around by this word anyway? Would you ever call something... I, I want to deconstruct that? What would you say? Want to think about it, like because so, examine so within the bounds of within the bounds of Christianity. Like every question I've heard someone who's deconstructing ask, like someone who's following Jesus is asking. The prophets are asking. Like I love this. I, this uh, minor prophets, like multiple times, guys are like, "Where are you? Where are you, God? Are you even listening? Are you even real?" These are the like we, we took these guys' words and go, yeah, totally. That's the that's yeah. the God Put experience. Put that in scriptures. Write that down. We want to remember that one. And so, like, like did God? Is this what God actually means? You tell me. Like, uh, it, maybe it's an it's 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 irritating because there's an arrogance to like, hey, you know, I don't want to believe something so stupid. Like someone got swallowed by a fish. 
Like, do you know how many do you know how many Jonah commentaries I've read? Like, listening to people who like are sharp, sharp people talking through. Like, you just thought of this. Like, you came up with this critique for the scriptures. Hey, I don't. I don't think the Earth is. Uh, I don't think it was made in seven days. I think that's garbage. I, I love. I love science. It's like, have you have you spent any time here? Like, this is a major thing that like really smart people who love Jesus and love people are talking about. Like, we've spoken to these types of things. There's an arrogance to walk away from it and go. In fact, I listened to some guy who was deconstructing. He's and um, he was a Calvinist, and he walked away, and he's like, you know, I just can't believe in a that, that in a God like that. I'm like. I mean, there are other options. Like, have you entertained them? Like, within the bounds of Christianity, you're examining, you're filtering, you're refining. Outside of the bounds of Christianity, you're not deconstructing, you're demolishing. That's the word. Nobody goes, hey, we need to deconstruct that building. They're like, we're going to blow it up. <laughs> yeah. We're going to blow it we're up. taking it down. You said deconstructing to soften it somehow or make it sound like you're being super thoughtful about it. You're not doing that. You're blowing it up. Otherwise, you're just asking. It's totally okay to ask. And here's the deal. I don't care if the question's... Like, are leaning towards you, like, I don't know if I believe this anymore. That's great. Jesus will meet you in there. I don't. He's not afraid of any of that stuff. I think that's totally great. It's, it's if when you do it, one, with arrogance, and two, when you, when you act like whatever flight of fancy that you came up with or the thing that's been eaten away on your, on your brains for a bit, that, like, you didn't approach it as if, if there's anybody else that has thought about these hard questions. Mm. Like, I don't like to see people walk away from Christianity for freaking not having bothered to ask a question of any competent party. They took their own counsel under their own question and then decided that we had a real problem. That's right, here. and read one chapter of the Bible and go, I got this covered, you know? Uh, and, and, like, uh, that happens quite a bit, too, right? Folks will be like, well, I just can't marry up how this, how God would think about this in this way. And it's like, did you read the book that he gave you? Because, like, he speaks to it. Yeah. He's, and it makes pretty good sense when you actually read it. But no. That's what I'm saying. I find it reasonable. Back yeah. to the other story. Yeah, I yeah I, I think that that's the um... actually the thing that's sticking with me is is like the, it, it it is a it's a placating arrogance when, when you, to use the term deconstruction back at the rest of the Christian community right yeah. like you are trying to soften it and be like don't worry I'm not making a rash decision I'm I'm taking this apart piece by piece and looking at it thoroughly you're not actually doing yeah that. not like you you yeah. religious dolt that's right you're just looking back at, at your at your ex at your ex believer friends and be like. Don't worry, I'm not doing this in an unreasonable way. And and your and your 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 Yahweh loving friends are going, yes, you are. Yeah, you are absolutely doing that. And you're trying to convince me at the same time you're trying to convince you. And yeah. don't worry, I'm not believing it either. <laughs> yeah. Now here's the thing. I think there are some very, I think there's there's competing worldviews that cause people to relook at scripture and say, hey, look, I I read the things that you're talking about and I find it wanting. And that might be the case. Uh. I'm just saying that, like most of the people of which I've seen them provide an explanation, um, it is not is not a particularly thoughtful thing. It's like you, you like somehow either the religious life or or religious behavior or something that you wanted failed you, and so here's actually here's the thing. You tag it for me. I I I'll, I'll give you nine out of ten, ninety percent of the time, deconstruction uh, within. 12 to 24 months prior to that point, some major life event happened that disappointed someone. Somebody died, somebody got divorced, somebody got sick, uh, church blew up, something like that. A guy you trusted who was supposed to love Jesus did a real sinful, crappy thing. That's right, that's right. You find me a guy who's deconstructing that doesn't have a catalyst of some sort of human human letdown, 
uh, of which he ultimately, like, people who are sharp will go, no, I wasn't expecting God to do anything, but I think you're being dishonest. You're holding God accountable for some sort of human frailty. Now, I think you can. I think that's fine, actually. I think God is responsible for the world. Um, he's responsible for freedom in it. And if you want to hold him, take him to task on that, I think you can. But, like, if you believe enough to say God is responsible for allowing freedom in the world, then you have to then allow all the other things the Scripture tells you, in which case this is a really compelling story. And, like, you can't just pick and choose different parts of it. Just like I think the people's insistence on trying to hold on to faith in Jesus if if and throw out everything that requires anything outside of reason, like, you just like a martyr. You just like a nice man who seems martyrish, yeah. And like that's, I, I mean, I, why you believe in that? There's all kinds of really good candidates if that's your only criteria. Plus, I, I once again is, is, and this is just from personal experience, right? Like I know people who have met Jesus, and like their life, they smelled like Jesus, and their life was different, and it was awesome. And then you find them two years later where they're like, no, that was all just, yeah, who, yeah, yeah I, I wasn't really into that. And I'm like, you're miserable right now. I can look in your eyes and tell you you're absolutely miserable. And so I can look back on two years ago, and, and you were grinning ear to ear, and yeah. now you're absolutely miserable, and you're trying to convince me that the other one was terrible? Like, that, once again, yeah. this is, it's, just, it's hard to take in, fellas. You know, when you go through this deconstruction where you're all mopey and terrible, and you're like, I'm really going through some things and spitting around, sitting around time, spending all my time sitting around thinking, yeah, that sounds like a real hoot, yeah. right? <laughs> you were out praising Jesus and smiling and laughing with other people and enjoying the company of sinners and non-sinners and all kinds of folks watching God do amazing things. And here you are two years later because your pastor let you down or you were thought you were promised a thing that, that didn't come to fruition, and now all of that doesn't count, and now you're just Mr. Morose. And yeah, that's great. That, I'm sure that's really bolstering where you were. You're right. You nailed it. Right. Your newfound enlightenment seems pretty damn heavy. Exactly. Like, what, what, I don't know why deconstruction dudes are so mad. You're trying to prove to me that Jesus... <laughs> Jesus ain't the way to go, and this whole thing's a sham. And here you are, Mister Depressed, right? You're getting divorced, <laughs> and then your whole world's caving in, and and you're like, yeah, this is much better. Yeah. I mean, who do you who are you trying to fool? Yeah. So I think I think the the, lo- the long run of it is, um, I think we got to be real careful. Uh, don't. Uh, this goes to some of the stuff we talked about last week related to that list, which is don't feel like you got to um, defend the Bible further than it tends to defend itself. Um, I think we should we should be happy to hear people asking questions about their faith. Okay, that's how iron doesn't sharpen iron by running the other direction. It has to hit other iron. And so, like, let's ask. Let don't critique people who are asking these types of questions. Let's be in on it. But like, if if you're running into if there's an arrogance to it, either because you're someone who's going through this process, let's just call it demolition. All right, this deconstruction thing is bogus thing to say. So you're blowing you're blowing it up because you're not sure and you want to start and check it out fresh. That's fine, uh, but you can't be arrogant about it. Uh, and frankly, if you're going to do that, this thing is the utmost importance. Most people are Christians, <laughs> like, or at least Christianity has got a solid foundation throughout the world. The thing has persisted, uh, and at least the Yahwistic religions are dominating the world. Like, you are in a significant minority to not believe, not be uh, a Muslim, a Jew, or a Christian. Which means this thought of Yahweh God, the one Yahweh God, is freaking sticking to the mat. All right, so the burden of proof is on you to go, why do I, within the 2%, 3% of the world, reject everything else that everyone believes? Like, I think you better flesh it out, and it can't just be because you had a bad taco, that, that the holy indigestion stuff. It can't not be that that's the reason you bailed on the thing. Uh, you got to put it through its ringer. And if you come to the conclusion, like, I can respect that you run through the, through the stuff and you come to the conclusion that's not right after listening to everybody, people who love Jesus, who are smart, who have tussled over the stuff that you just missed. 
But like, you got to give it that. It's of the utmost importance. It has to be. Right. And it can't just be based on your feeling, right? And you know that. And you know better than that, that your feelings can't be trusted. You yeah. absolutely know that. I know mine can't. That's why you end up looking at some ancient book and going, boy, I think people over the centuries have looked at this, read what it promised, and still believed it after they lived a life. That's why you crave the words of Jesus in times of trouble. You're like, I just want to know something true. I want to know how to look at the world correctly, and I know that I am not. Yeah. So, Jesus, tell me a thing. <laughs> That's right. Show me the red letters. It's going to calm me down. Hmm. All right. Hey, you're listening to Life from the Path. Let's, uh, we got time to give like an advice? Yeah, One advice? Prob- probably two. Ready? Probably two. Dear Life from the Path. I am blessed to have a wonderfully supportive family, which includes my and my husband's siblings. I was recently scheduled for major abdominal surgery. Mm-hmm. For the weeks leading up to it, I quietly went about preparing the house and putting systems in place so I could be absent. But otherwise, I tried not to dwell on the un- un- upcoming unpleasantness. Most of my support people checked in and occasionally see how I was doing or if I needed anything. One sister-in-law, however, has been over the top. She sends cards, texts, flowers, and calls. I appreciate her support, but it's too much. The cards always say the same thing, heal gently, quotes, and, quotes, these are the good old days of medicine. In the weeks leading up to surgery and afterward, I have received nearly a dozen cards plus her texts, etc. Is there a nice way to let her know it is too much and I'm tired? My body reminds me every day that I'm healing, but slowly. I don't want the attention and the reminder that I am not yet where I'd like to be. Please let me know if there's a polite, graceful way to make it stop. What kind of burden is this? <laughs> wow. Okay. Here's the deal. The fact that this bubbled up and you thought, you know, if the problems in the world that need solved, this one. Over I'm being overbearing with overbeared upon with kindness on things that I can easily ignore. You know what I'm saying? Have your husband get the mail. And Twelve st- cards? That's aggressive. Here's oh fine. <laughs> Stack them in the corner. Don't even you don't have to tell your wife about it. This is a husband problem. Now, the text messages, I mean, uh, put, put, put her on a spam. I've done that. Spam her out if you have to. Yeah, say no longer. <laughs> yeah. But, like, uh, I mean, I, I, I get it. It's not like this is a significantly awkward problem uh, because it's hard to tell someone, look, you're, you're being overbearing in your kindness. But I'm just saying there, there are things that are easily ignored. If she was showing up at your house three times a day with balloons that you had to get up and speak with her about or something, okay, I mean, I get it. You can handle this directly. But, like, don't open the card. Just don't look at it. If, if she's, You tell me she says, heal, heal gently, the same thing every time. Well, then it's not a surprise. Don't open it. Or have your husband open it. Just set it out on the counter. Who thinks of somebody this much? I mean, it's a real whiz-bang of a lady. You think there's something going on? No, I'm just trying to put together, like, I mean, this is obviously not my personality, so I'm trying to walk in someone else's <laughs> shoes here. Yeah, I don't. You know? And so, I, I mean... One card is pretty good. Yeah. And then you're like, I just got to keep nailing them out. But then again, like, I'm, I'm sure if uh, someone I knew got in a car accident or something, I, you know, every other day I'd be like, how are we doing today? We starting to feel different today? What do you, you know, mm. getting some feelings I'd back give up on day? that after a while, probably two or three days. And then I'd say, I'm not, I'm not going to bother him for like a week. Yeah. Yeah. I, I mean, okay, let's answer her question. Let's say that we decided that this was had crossed the line of some kind and we got to try to, we got, we got to say something to help shut it down. Yeah. You would say something to the effect of, I would tell a lie, honestly. I would tell a white lie. I would say, listen, uh, I appreciate, I appreciate your, th- your thinking about me. I'm doing pretty good. I'm going to go ahead and shut my phone down for a little bit and try to get some rest. But I'll, would, I'll get a hold of you in the next couple of days. But then you would keep it on. And then I would keep it on. And you'd use the net. I would use the internet. And interact with and, other people. And play, play Wordle. 
yeah. and do games and stuff, hoping that they would get the hint. Uh, or I suppose you wouldn't have to lie. You could say something effective. I'm doing pretty good. I appreciate you checking in. Um, I'll give you a call here in the next couple of days. When I get to feeling better, I'd, I'd love to do some lunch. And she says, okay, I'll text you in the meantime. Keep up. Text you some encouragement. Dang. And then I'll send you these cards in the mail. Double. Double media. I don't understand the mail cards. That's too much. That's too, that's too many. 12 cards is too many. Those are cards are expensive. She's probably handwriting them on a piece of oh, paper. Oh, you, you think she's just folding the memo? She's using the college ruled, <laughs> oh, firing man. it out homeschool, homeschool style. Yeah. Thinking of you, I cut these letters out of a magazine, spelled okay. your name with it. <laughs> what's, what's actually the offense here? People bothering me. I expected X amount of peace and people to leave me to recuperate, and they're not. They're continuing to come in, which is not helping in my peace. So you're right. Uh, you can only control certain systems. So like, stop getting the mail, stop reading the cards, the text messages. I mean, you could block or spam. I mean, tell the, why don't you tell the husband? It's the sister-in-law. I wouldn't have any problem going uh, to my, like if Mike, if you were overburdening my wife with text after she got in a car accident, I'd say, hey man, you got to dial that back. Like she's barely looking at that stuff. And like, you keep writing the same thing in all the cards. I wanted to know how much I'm concerned about her. Yeah, I mean, it's too much. It's too much on her. You just cut it. Like uh, you want it to be appreciated. You can't flood the. You can't flood it. Who you, gives a guy the roast for being too caring? Here's the deal. That's how I've always been. <laughs> I, you're you're an Oreo. You're an Oreo cookie. Like it's enjoyable, but like you can overdo it. <laughs> <laughs> you eat the whole package. Like that's regrettable. <laughs> yeah, I yeah. Here's the thing: is your. Uh, there's many ways to solve this. Direct honesty is one of them. You're just not quite willing to go there. That's the truth. I think that's all right. You don't have to be directly honest. One, have your husband do it, and and he should be willing to. And second, if he's not willing to, then he should otherwise just be filtering out most of this stuff as he can. I mean, what do we take it? What's it take you two seconds to read this card? And it, and it produces such a burden on you for having to have read it? Here's the deal. You I, don't have cataracts. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> she probably, it probably took her more effort to submit this thing for advice uh, than it does to just look at these cards. Especially if they always say the same thing, like have your husband open it. And he goes, "It was a fl- it was a red rose today, red yeah. rose, sweetheart." And you go, "Man, they're cr- she's crazy." Yeah. Okay, thanks for opening it. Daisies. Yeah, you're right. You're just taking this in too heavy. Yeah, you gotta let it go. Yeah, I let it go, Nathaniel. Let it go. Uh, Segular says a quote's nice way to phrase it might be to say, "Quotes, honey, I'm grateful for all the support you've been giving me, but the surgery's behind me now, and I am slowly regaining my strength." Please don't send me any more get well cards. The dozen you have sent have already worked their magic. No, I hate that. Yeah, I mean it's not even true. If they worked their magic, you would be well. You just told me that you're not in the, not quite well, which means I should encourage you to get well. Mm. Yeah, yeah. I know. I mean, again, it depends on your personality. I could easily maybe go like Mike. If your wife were sending me a bunch of that stuff, I say, "Hey, man, that's a lot of cards. I try to read them all, but." Uh, if you, someone else needs your attention in the world, I got it. That's enough. I'm yeah. probably tied up. I'll, I got more than more than one per day a week. I could recycle them. And if she goes, I just really like to. I just really like to send them because uh, we're thinking of you. I would say, okay, we'll keep sending them then. Thank you. Yeah, really, this is a non-issue. It's a. Uh, it, this is really not as big of a burden as you're acting. And like maybe you're just a self insecure. Like you're worried that people are thinking that much about you and. And I don't know, it seems like you have some different issues apart from uh, this woman being overbearing with the cards. I mean, I don't like people, like, the sense that people are, like, worrying about you when you feel like it's not warranted and you don't want, you don't like the sense of people, like, being, like, fussing over you. I get that, but, like, she's not really doing that. It's not like she's writing extensive cards or sending, like, 
third opinion doctors to show up. It's a one ply tissue issue, man. I ain't got no substance to it. Yeah, I'd snap it back. Like it's a send your card and says heal gently, and I call her and go, "What text this me?" Yeah, I'm riding it rough. Yeah, so, some 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 uh, uh, deucer keeps sending me cards all the time. Yeah, I, I got some violent healing to do. You want in on that? <laughs> I can't barely recover. That's weird. Yeah. Okay, last one. Ready? Get well. Go to. Never mind. Go ahead. Dear life from the path. I refer to my husband as, quotes the most single married man I know. He turns off the lights, turns off the heat, and turns off the TV while I'm still watching or still plan on being home. Yeah. His latest single thing is that he planned a birthday dinner out with our son and other family members. Guess what? I found out about it from the birthday boy. We've been married almost 50 years. All our children are in their 40s. <laughs> I have spoken to him numerous times about his forgetting my presence in a room, but I have never been excluded from a family birthday until now. I'm thinking of writing a book titled The Most Single Married Man I Know. What should I be doing differently? Are we sure? I mean, if it, he's been married 50 years. Let's assume they got married at 20. Got it. 18. 18. Are we sure he doesn't have some, some dementia issues here? He he's just doesn't he, know. He forgot his wife. Yeah, he's, he's unaware. I, I would keep that as a possibility. I mean... I just can't imagine the backlash I would receive if my wife is literally watching TV and with no announcement, I shut her down, turn off the heat, cut the lights, <laughs> hit, hit the trail. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, I just can't imagine. <laughs> I did that the other day. I walked into the, my bedroom and I hit the lights. I was, it was bedtime. And my wife was standing in there putting lotion on. And she she hollered at me. She's like, hey. <laughs> hey, I'm living here. <laughs> I'm doing stuff. What, what's going on? Bedtime. Non-existent person. <laughs> I, don't, uh, I don't actually. We've heard a number of re- advice requests of which people are complaining about situations that, like, I cannot imagine didn't come up at the time that they happened. Like, what did he say when you came up to bed and said, hey, hey, hey there, Ed. Uh, I was watching Gunsmoke still. <laughs> and, you know, I was shivering cold. Like, because then you'd get to your problem. If he said, look, uh, you can't keep it this warm in the house. We're trying to keep the energy bills down. You could say, my husband's a tightwad. That's the problem. Or, uh, I don't I can't think of a reason why. You know, he, he likes us to go to bed together. We've done it uh, every every day for as long as we're married. So when he's ready to go to bed, we both go to bed. You could say, my husband's a bit controlling and I have to bend to his schedule. But it, there's, it's kind of sweet. Yeah. Uh, but that isn't what you said. Uh, and so, like, I, I, I don't know. Is it maybe they maybe they don't have a healthy relationship? They not get along now. But here's the thing. Actually, I take that back because it's it's not just unhealthy. It's antagonistic. If he intentionally scheduled a birthday setup, maybe he just assumed his wife was going to go anyway because yeah. he's like, I'm going, and so I'll just tell her that day. That seems like a dude thing to do. I mean, here's the thing. It's like marriage's dynamic changes a little bit when your kids get out of the house, and your kids are forty. You know what I'm saying? Like, like that. You're in the 65 to 70 year old range, most likely. You know, and so like, are are you going to have conversations with your grown son that you don't tell your wife about? Different from when, say, your kids were nine and you had a conversation with your nine year old, and you're like, you'll never guess what me and the nine year old talked yeah, about. Yeah, yeah. You know I schedule a birthday at the pizza ranch. That's right. Like, it's not like you would inform your wife every time your son called and said, "Hey, how many amps do you think that fridge in my garage pulls?" Yeah, you know, right. and you're like, "You'll never guess what Craig called me about the amps for the fridge." You know, your wife don't care about that crap, and so you don't mention it. You know, so now going out for the birthday dinner, you didn't mention whether like does he go out to dinner with your son a lot? And you said other family members. Do you mean like 
all the sons? Yeah. Or like the daughters too and their grandchildren? Or, you know, like, I mean, he sounds a little obtuse, aloof, and kind of kind of a jerk. Yeah, maybe. We're going to get in trouble for not being as hard on this guy as we should have been. Uh, I mean, I, I don't know. I, I just, uh, I mean, he's, he's obviously not being considerate of his wife. True. And that's wrong. He needs, and, and regardless of whether it's part of his personality, his personality needs to change. His wife doesn't feel appreciated. She feels left out. Uh, even if he had the intention to tell on his wife. Now, here's, the, here's what she didn't do. This is what really helped me. It's like, what did he say, though? Like, when you said, hey, why did you schedule a birthday party with our son and not tell me? Mm. Did he say, oh, shoot, I thought I'd written that down, or I thought I told you, or I wasn't going to tell you ever because I don't care whether you're there or not? Like, which one did he say? Yeah, true. Is it a birthday dinner like a week before? Like, hey, we're just going to do a dude's dinner? Like me and the, me and the boy are gonna go out or something. I don't know. Like, or did you never bring it up? Is it, or you just say that's that's the way it is? I guess I, I guess I'll never talk to him about it. Because I'll tell you what, since I did that and uh, Megan was talking to me about it, every single time I go to hit the lights and she's in the room, I say, "You ready?" <laughs> <laughs> that's right. This is going down. <laughs> Actually, I made the mistake. My wife uh, would would uh, fall asleep on the couch, and like. I bet it. I bet I did it twice. But like, I thought, oh, well, she's sleeping all right. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna wake her up. This seemed real practical. Like, I'm just gonna be kind about it. I mean, I, I, I got if how many degrees go up? Third is it? Third degree is worse than second degree. Yeah, I got the third degree. No, first degree is the worst. I got first degree murder is better than is worse than second. Okay, degree I got murder. Are we talking t- about murder or burns. Hmm, burn. It's a burn. It's burns okay. third degree. She's yeah, fired third degree's bad. Yeah, I got whatever the highest degree is. I got it. I mean, she was mad. How, why could? Why would you abandon me? Why would you leave me down there and just go to bed so selfishly? I'm like, I thought, I thought I'd done the right thing here, mm-hmm. but I had not. And but like, I don't do anymore. I say I will roust her. I will like shake her violently and say, "Look, we're going. It's time to go to bed. You, I ain't leaving you down here. I ain't taking that that harassment again." So that's the drag thing. her up the stairs. It's like you're right. This problem should have been resolved through there. 30s and 40s and 50s and whatever, like yeah. to the point where, like, I mean, she should have been saying, Hey, stop shutting off the heat. I'm not ready to go to bed yet. Yeah. He Leave should the be, lights on. And he should be better by now. If Correct. she has been, if she has mentioned this, there's no excuse for him continuing to act this way. Uh, but, but people have, we talked about this uh, where people keep the house. Now, here's the thing. What am I going to do? Am I going to fight every day with my wife about what we keep the house at? She wants it at whatever. I say, Yeah, that's what it is. Yeah. It's going to be at the whatever. There's a phone ringing in here. That's boy. That's the weirdest thing ever. You gonna go answer anything? Go see who see who's calling the church. It's like a, it's like almost midnight here. Van D's, like the ice cream shop. I can't I can't pick it out. Sorry, I know this is not entertaining radio, but like no. You just don't hear a phone ringing out in the wild any day like this. Like this is not not just like a cell phone. It's like the corporate phone here at the at the studio church. Yeah, and then like the ladies announcing who's calling. Yeah, no one's even up here waiting to listen to the phone. This is a weird contraption Dan has in here. We we'll have to talk to him about it anyway. Uh, yeah, at the end of the day, uh, there seem to be a lot of life circumstances that should not allow this continue to be happening. Yeah, what was the story? Dan? They hung up when I answered. Oh, hmm. rude. Rude. <laughs> yeah. So there, there seems to be a whole life worth of marriages that of marriage that should have helped switch some of this out. Yeah. Uh, no one is is disagreeing that your husband is an aloof, self centered doofus. Yeah. Uh, I can't imagine in scheduling. Hey, I'm going to go visit the kids and not telling my wife. Not even just to say, hey, 
I set up a a, a dinner with the boys. Yeah, I'm gonna go out with the with the with the youngins. Yeah, like that's just that's just weird. Yeah, unless unless you're leaving out the part that you're a real pain in the teeth. You all right? <laughs> yeah. you're, you're a gas bagger, or, or or you stir up a bunch of drama, and uh, they don't want you there because you cause a bunch of trouble. Mm. Sounds like she is, because she's writing a book. Yeah. Nobody writes a book without being a real gas bag. The most single married man I know. I mean, you tolerated this. I mean, this is not the woman's fault. I I don't know. It just seems like if, if you tolerate poor behavior and then complain about it without a- actually having said anything to them, then that's uh that's hard to take in. Yeah, I think that's difficult. What is what does the secular say? Secular advice is, if this has been going on since you and your husband were married, accept that he is someone who is unusually centered on himself. If this is something relatively recent, he may need to be physically and neurologically evaluated by his physician. If there's nothing, quotes, wrong with him, recognize it's time to fend for yourself. Remember to monitor the thermostat, keep a flashlight handy, and be prepared to explore activities you enjoy in case your husband, quotes, forgets to include you in the future. Like monitor the thermostat, like fight with him? Like move it up when he moves it down? Yeah. Is that what she means? Yeah. That's really aggressive. Yeah. Okay. All right. Is that it? We got. Are we going to tuck it up? Yeah. Nathaniel actually answered the phone, so maybe we're going to see what's going on around here. Yeah. Agreed. Okay. Well, we're going to cut you loose. Thanks for hanging out with us in Life in the Path. Give us a call on the uh, Life in the Path plate line, 515-517-0085. That's the Bob Eisenlauer Life in the Path plate line. We'd love to hear from you. Uh, in the meantime, be faithful in the means. God will handle the ends. You've been listening to Live in the Path.